Dr. Mika Yu is an amazing rheumatologist because he's one of the few doctors in the world that understands the integration of lifestyle medicine and how that can assist you to minimize or no longer use the widely prescribed medications to control pain of arthritis. If you have any type of arthritis or autoimmune condition that affects your joints, it's a leading cause of disability and we're here to guide you, to show you, and this show, quite honestly, might be the turning point for your life. Especially a doctor that understands what you're doing in your coaching program that aligns with you so that we can adjust, go, keep going through your coaching program but adjust the medication at the same time. Right. And that's what we do in our clinic. We have patients that come to us that need adjustments. Uh, we put them on anti-inflammatory lifestyle or we go through a coaching program like yours and we start adjusting their medications. at the rate of 7%, is it per year, Dr. Micah? Yeah, it's around 5 to 7% a year. Oh my gosh, yeah. and that's an autoimmune condition. That's an autoimmune conditions across all spectrums, neurologic, rheumatologic, GI, endocrine, and other systems as well. So let's break it down a little bit on each of those uh, systems. So neurological, would that include multiple sclerosis, multiple ALS? ALS, yeah, multiple sclerosis the, is a big one here. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that's always pops up to my mind, right, neurologic. Right. And, and what, when you think about it, uh, the, the gut too. Um, so there's a digestive issue as well? Yeah, so I mean, with all these autoimmune conditions, the gut is the cent one of the central issues. The leaky gut is um, wow. central to this. Yeah. Yeah. And does something trigger this off? Because you also are including joint issues like arthritis, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's the gut joint axis, the gut brain axis, and that's so the gut is central to this. That's why food is so important. Yeah. And so. You had your own journey, your own experience. Right. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, I went on a keto diet very, very early on during high school. I was a football player. I was a bench former, but I was in football. I want to lose what weight. What position? I was lineman, actually. I was a lot bigger back then, not as small as I am now. Uh, but bigger because the way you ate, Yeah, right? bigger because the way I ate. I was 30 pounds heavier at that time. Yeah. Um, so I went on a keto diet. I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to lose weight, which I did. Right. I did lose weight, I got stronger, but at the expense of my health. I end up getting gout. Um, gout is an arthritis, um, and you get, classically you get a painful joint at the big toe in the middle of the night, and that's how it starts off. Yeah, I had a client uh, named Mike Wolf, he doesn't mind me using his name, and he literally got to the place where, with his gout, he, he was in a wheelchair, he couldn't walk, he was in that much pain. Wow. And uh, his friends told him about me and he, he came to me and he said, you know, I'll do whatever you tell me, you know, because they're, they're giving me meds and the meds have side effects, right? Yeah. Uh, with Xyloprim, I mean, different drugs. And then you need a medication for that drug mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I remember saying, you know what, we can fix this, uh, but you have to be coachable. He said, well, it's good timing because my daughter is already plant-based. I said, okay, that's good. He said, but the problem is I travel almost every week. Mm -hmm. I'm on the road. I said, okay, then we have to master eating at restaurants. Yeah. And so um, I said, choose a restaurant. And you know, he chose one and I said, okay. We went to the restaurant, it was closed. And then there was a steakhouse next door. And he goes, steakhouse? What do you mean steakhouse? I said, 
trust me, we'll go in. We ordered baked potato, fresh vegetables, right. you know, oil-free dressing, yeah. you know. And, and he goes, oh, yeah, I could, I could do that, right? Yeah. Then we went to a Mexican restaurant, ordered the, the beans, the rice, the corn tortillas, a little guacamole. And uh, he said, oh, this is good. And then we went to an Asian restaurant the next day. Yeah. And uh, we, we went to Asian pho. Mm -hmm. And so we ordered uh, vegetable pho, mm -hmm. right? Which is usually made with hardly any oil. Yeah. And like when I order, I say, make sure no MSG or I, I usually know my restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so we got him used to ordering uh, wonderful plant-based foods on the road, traveling, and his gout cleared up within about 12 weeks. Oh, wow. That's amazing. No, I believe it. Yeah. Well, the food plays a huge role in gout. Yeah. Yeah. Do you eat out at restaurants much? I do eat out at restaurants. I mean, it's 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 hard. I, I try to do minimal oil, minimal salt, and uh, try to avoid all the refined sugars as much as possible. Yeah, I've kind of come to the easiest conclusion to tell people is is no soap, no no sugar, no oil, no animal product. Yeah. When you get to the salt, you know, depending on the individual, mm -hmm. I think there's a certain degree of leeway, particularly. You know, if they're an athlete mm -hmm. and you know they're perspiring a lot, right? Yeah, everyone's a little bit different. But for I think for autoimmune conditions, I I try to watch the salt as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah. So I I got my gout back in high school, and then over the years, my arthritis actually transformed in a way. Um, I started getting more joint pains in different places that you don't expect gout to be. Okay. Um, so that was during, uh, on the way to medical school that my um, arthritis started transforming. Um, TMJs, wrists, elbows, knees, oh, man. Uh, ankles, feet. So I knew something else was going on besides gout because it didn't fit the pattern anymore. Okay. Um, so I went to different rheumatologists during medical school, but no one could figure me out. I had high inflammatory markers antibodies for autoimmune disease all negative so they're like you have something going on you have gout and something else we can't figure you out so finally when i went to residency um i went to the rheumatology department there um they were able finally to diagnose me with something called spondyloarthritis which is an autoimmune disease attack of um the joints and other parts of the connective tissue such as the uh, MPCs, which is your the connection point between the tendon and the bone so i have that it's a variation of ankylosing spondylitis there's a famous uh, tennis pro, a female tennis pro, who's always in the U.S. Opens and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems to me she has a, a variation of one of the autoimmune conditions that someone has gotten to her and said, hey, you better go plant-based. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of the athletes are becoming, uh, I believe it's either Serena Williams or her sister. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's, yeah, it's one of the sisters. I don't remember which one, okay. but they have Sjogren's, which is, okay. yeah, it's a, tell me about that. Yeah, so Sjogren's is an autoimmune disease, um, systemic autoimmune disease that is typically classified um, by dry eyes and dry mouth. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, systemic, so you can get lung issues, you can get joint issues, and you can get skin issues, brain issues, neurologic issues as well. Wow, that's that's very uh, traumatic, particularly for a tennis pro. I mean, mm -hmm. just just thinking about it, right? And it and you think about a lot of the athletes. They think they they're enamored with eating more and more protein. But the the, the very problem with protein is it's high in fat, it's high in cholesterol, mm -hmm. it has no fiber, yeah. it has no essentially less antioxidants and exactly. and uh, phytochemicals that are all part of a normal plant based right, diet, right? Right, right. That's why a plant based diet is so useful because you need the fiber and the phytonutrients to really optimize the immune system to calm down the immune system so it doesn't start keep attacking itself. That's the problem with autoimmune diseases is that your immune cells think your own cells are the enemy 
and you want to, there's an inflammatory T cells, there's an anti-inflammatory T cell, which are your T regulatory cells. Those are your T cells that you want to optimize and fiber and phytonutrients help optimize those T cells, those T regulatory cells. Well, that's very important. I, I wrote a book, um, Blood Doesn't Lie, mm -hmm. and I've been looking under the microscope of virtually every client. We go to conventions, we test hundreds of people, and at Tony Robbins, we tested like a thousand people in three days. So it's interesting that when you look at uh, blood, you can see these white blood cells. You can see uh, granulocytes and uh, eosinophils and mm -hmm. various types of cell structures. And it's interesting because you can literally uh, encourage, once you've shown a person under a microscope, uh, like on a big TV screen, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on, you kind of get leverage with them to, to consider, well, gosh, you mean if I just follow what you're saying, change my diet, uh, get some gentle exercise, get the proper sleep, get some outdoor daylight, get my hormones in balance, you know, abstain from, say, you know, alcohol, uh, common uh, addictive type substances, right? And and they come back and we look at their blood and it's just improved dramatically. Their symptoms start yeah. to go away, the pain goes away. Yeah, I mean, you think it's magic, but it's, it's, it's really not. It's, it's things that we have been doing over the years for our ancestors are doing it, but we just lost our weight um, in the past century, past few centuries. So it's all about clean eating, about the fruits and vegetables and the fiber. It's all back to basics. Yeah, and when you look at a, a condition of dysplasia, now dysplasia is, is a situation where with the hip, hip dysplasia, where maybe the hip's out of socket or out of joint. Mm -hmm. Is that something that could develop from an injury or over the years? I'm thinking of one particular gentleman uh, I think he's in his maybe late 50s. Mm -hmm. So uh, is there, would plant-based still help that type of thing? And Yeah, so if, if a hip's out of place, I mean, it won't put the hip back, but certainly right. it can help the pain potentially. Um, sometimes pain is a... Um, maybe he may not need surgery if he goes about things and gets some kind of... Possibly. He's done some deep tissue work, but you know, I'm wondering, you know, uh, he, he, he talks about yoga type, and there's a guy named Peter Gaskew, and he's got this book, and he talks about these different... They really look like yoga moves to me. Yeah. And I, I always poo-pooed yoga, but then when I got involved with it, you know, because I'm a weightlifter, it was like, oh, wow, this really relieves. This gets my body almost like an automatic chiropractor. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to help hip dysplasia, I mean, plant-based diet can be helpful, but also the exercise, the physical therapy, all that together may help potentially to um, delay the surgery if, if the surgery is needed. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Dr. Micah, you, it's something that in your background, because you have a background of uh, internal medicine, can you tell me a rundown of everything that you're, you're trained in? Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so I, I graduated from uh, Chicago Medical School in oh. Illinois uh, with my MD, and I went to Loma Linda University for my internal medicine residency, which was three years of training. And after that, I went, to, I stayed at Loma Linda University for my rheumatology fellowship, which is another two years of training. And I'm also board certified in, uh, by lifestyle medicine uh, through the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I'm in my second uh, fellowship right now through integrated medicine at the University of Arizona, the Andrew Wild program. Oh, wow. And, Very good. Yeah. And uh, I'm studying um, courses through uh, the Institute of Functional Medicine right now as well. Very good. Uh, I'm uh, of the American Board of Anti-Aging Health mm -hmm. Practitioners, so mm -hmm. I've been for years traveling around the world and lecturing there's like 26,000 physicians uh, it's I think wow. the second oldest um, uh, besides the American um, uh, the, 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 the JAMA and so you, you look at that and you go well 
what is it about anti-aging? Because I look at it and they talk about using peptides and hormones and, and the gut and balancing things out. And then the plant-based people, you know, really focus heavily on, on the diet, which don't get me wrong. I think it's absolutely critical, right? But you, you come to that crossroads where there's this debate and they say, but wait a minute, plant foods have uh, lectins and then there's wheat, gluten. So how do you address for that? Or more importantly, how do you identify you know, when those issues within the plant community uh, might be an issue? Yeah, that's an excellent question. It's, it's so much debate uh, regarding all these type of different foods, right? Um, everyone has different philosophies, but my philosophy is focus on whole foods as plant predominant as much as possible, whole food plant-based if you can. And then from there, we can start figuring out whether it's a gluten issue, whether it's a wheat issue, if it's truly a lectin issue. So a lectin issue, um, the functional medicine does talk about lectin um, issues as well. So do other physicians out there, but the science hasn't really caught up to it. And I don't know exactly if lectin is a real issue or not right now. Um, there's, there's probably one article that I found where lectin- Only one. Yeah. The only one so far that I found that lectin can potentially be an issue. So it's not, it's, it's, and lectins, as you know, when you soak it, when you, when you, um, soak it and cook it at a high enough temperature, it kills off the lectins. True. Off the, off the beans and lentils. So really, is it really the lectins that's the issue or is it the gut microbiome can't tolerate the beans and lentils because the gut is dysbiosed, meaning the gut's out of balance in these autoimmune disease conditions where it can't process those foods. So it's giving people issue. So that's something that needs to be explored. There needs to be more research in this space. Um, but definitely gluten and wheat, I believe, are real issues for people. And, and some people be, believe it might be uh, the, the GMO, mm -hmm. the genetically modified organisms yeah. within the plant-based community. So, so instead of getting you know, uh, normal corn, get GMO-free corn, uh, maybe there is something to do with that. And also, how are these plants grown? Are they herbicide-free or are these what's called Roundup yeah. that seems to affect the gut too? Is, right, that, is right. that an issue probably? Yeah, the, the glyphosate um, definitely can contribute to a leaky gut. Um, there's literature out there. Um, and then even if you get the non-GMO corn, uh, they grow next to the GMO corn oh. and then the wind carries the GMO over. Um, that's another question too. There's so much, it, it's, there's so much um, out there that it's sometimes hard to tell what's real and what's not. But I think the glyphosate is a potential um, piece of the puzzle for some of these patients. Um, yeah. And some, the autoimmune disease community, there's patients that, you know what, can just cut off some dairy and processed food and they get a lot better. But they yeah, cut out what? Dairy? Dairy and, and some processed food and they yes. get better. Okay. Uh, maybe not to remission, but they do get better. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where even patients go on a whole food plant-based diet, they're still having issues. Yeah. Um, so then you got to look in the environment, which I'm exploring now too. Okay. Not only is glyphosate you're looking at, but how about BPA, uh, PFAS? Um, and uh, parabens and all these other issues out there that we're not talking about in the environment. So you can go whole food plant-based all you want, but some people just don't get as good as the other person that went whole food plant-based. It's like they're two different people. It's genetics uh, is a big uh, component of this. Some people can't, just can't process the food or uh, the environment the same way some other, uh, some other people can. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, I have a book uh, coming out that I've been working on for a better part of six years, and the the xenoestrogens, mm -hmm. uh, the BPA, mm -hmm. the these uh, very toxic chemicals within the environment that almost have like an estrogen mimic like mm -hmm. situation. So not only do they potentially disrupt the gut, mm -hmm. they disrupt uh, the hormonal balance. Mm -hmm. And once you start altering the hormone, uh, it, it, it really becomes 
challenging. Uh, you start recognizing that, well, there's a higher incidence of breast cancer uh, mm -hmm. in women and endometriosis. Mm -hmm. uh, we even discovered a, an association, of, and, and I mentioned this in my book, Acting Be Gone for Good, uh, with the skin and causing uh, horrific hormonal imbalances mm -hmm. that, that challenge the skin and inflammation of the skin. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I look at this and I, I also then come back full circle and I go, one of the leading sources of excess estrogen comes from animal products. Mm -hmm. I mean, animals have their own estrocycle and you're eating that animal with their hormones. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. We, we, we keep eating the animal products and then we get worse and then we keep eating it again. So a lot of people don't understand that and they don't know that. I, I, have let, I want to backtrack for a moment because you talked about the dysbiosis and maybe one of the cores because someone who maybe normally could tolerate say corn or vegetables or say tomatoes with the skin and I know Dr. Gundry talks about peeling the mm -hmm. the, the skin of tomatoes mm -hmm. and 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 you know his concern about lectins but you, you look at the research say with beans some of the longest lived people the blue mm -hmm. zones eat beans garbanzo yeah. beans lentils yeah. black beans right yeah. and uh, so it can't really be that but plus you also there's some literature that shows the lectins in small quantity has like an anti-cancer effect to, mm -hmm. to an extent. Have mm -hmm. you come across that as I, well? I, I haven't come across that literature, but I know beans and lentils, th these, um, the legumes family, they're, they have anti-inflammatory effects. I mean, the fiber itself is anti-inflammatory and the final nutrients in them as well. So to cut off this whole group of foods doesn't really make sense to me when the people that live the longest in the world are eating these type of foods. And, and you think about it, beans are amongst the highest source of natural fiber mm -hmm. uh, that you can come across. I think when you came in, I, I have a little bowl of jicama over there oh, yeah. saying, you know, a medium jicama uh, vegetable has like 32 grams mm -hmm. of fiber. Like, wow. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, because I think in primitive times, they say we, we probably took in about a 100 to 120 grams of fiber a day. Mm -hmm. And I think in current times, if you can get up to 80, 90, 100 grams of fiber, you're doing great. But you have to be very selective to know what foods actually have that much fiber, right? Yeah, but even the minimum amount um, of 28 grams for women, I think 35 for men. Okay. Only 5% of Americans are even meeting that. Right, right. Yeah, so it's uh, 80 is like really hard for people, but that's like you're doing really well when you're at just 40. Yeah. So, uh, and and to say the least, the the removal of toxins because fiber soaks up in the gut mm -hmm. and it pulls some of these uh, hormone metabolites that tend to concentrate, including chemicals, pesticides. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are other methods to heal this? Is the source of a lot of this problem the leaky gut? And is, explain that leaky gut. Is it foreign proteins from the food passed through this one cell lining and it gets into the general circulation, the body reacts and goes, what is this? And, yeah. and tries to defend it with T cells and macrophages and so forth. Right. What's so, going on? Mm -hmm. So across almost all, I mean, at least for the rheumatologic, there is a leaky gut phenomenon. So um, you have your gut lumen and your gut lumen is separate from your immune system by one cell line. Um, and the immune system, 67% of the immune system is at the gut. So food is so important. So when you do have gut dysbiosis, which um, is an association with in increased intestinal permeability, then you have your each cell is open a little bit. So yeah, little proteins can flow through, little food particles, bacteria, and they interact with the immune system. 
and they send off this inflammatory effect. Um, but if you eat the right foods, you can send an anti-inflammatory effect. So you can kick up your T regulatory cells if you eat the right foods, which are the anti-inflammatory T cells. If you don't, then you're kicking up your T helper 17 cells, which are inflammatory T cells. Oh. And this is at the gut, but this doesn't just stay at the gut. It's this signal goes throughout the whole um, body through the circulatory system, and it goes to your joints, your brain, and epigenetics plays a role here too. So if you eat your anti-inflammatory foods, your fruits, uh, vegetables, and fiber, and you generate short-chain fatty acids, that can in turn um, increase um, your T uh, regulatory cells and then the epigenetic effect also. Wow. It, it's interesting because it reminds me when I was working with Nathan Pritikin in 1978, 79, 80, uh, which dates me a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Pritikin always referenced Dr. Roy Swank from Oregon, and he wrote a book, Diet and MS. Mm -hmm. And what was really astonishing was he, he had come to the conclusion that, uh, much like what you're saying, that these foods had uh, an inflammatory uh, concern, but he also showed that by going on what he said of lowering the saturated fat, which was just another code word to say go plant-based because saturated fat with the exception of coconut mm. is typically in animal product. Mm. So he found that just is essentially them eating more of a plant-based diet. He mm. then had the great opportunity of, of his 4,000 success cases to uh, identify identical twins. Mm -hmm. So when you were mentioning epigenetics, but he had one group of twin uh, that was uh, the individual w would go on a plant-based, oil-free, you know, essentially sugar-free diet and the other uh, twin continued pretty much the way they were living and he was able to track the neurological uh, degeneration mm -hmm. of the myelin sheath that relates to multiple sclerosis in the group eating the animal saturated fat products, the dairy, the meat, the cheese, and the group on the plant base they maintained function. They didn't uh, lose neurological ability. Wow. So what's more important than, like you said, here, here's a real life experiment yeah. in, in, that, that could tease out the genetics. Now, some people probably are more genetically susceptible. Isn't that probable? Yeah, no, it, genetics, it's uh, autoimmune disease is half genetics and half environment. So some people's genetics are stronger than other people, but you can still work on that environment to improve your disease with across all autoimmune diseases. And that multiple sclerosis, you know, as uh, someone that used to work in the hospital, we used to see multiple sclerosis flares coming all the time, and it's so sad because these patients are not able to walk, they're not able to feel their legs, sometimes they're not able to see because uh, of optic neuritis, and some people don't no, never find out that food can help them, um, and they keep eating this vicious cycle of processed food, animal products that are very can be very inflammatory. Which really brings up a, a big issue, and that is that people tend to be enamored somehow whenever you say this food has more protein that they think oh uh, as a youngster I need more protein as a growing teenager as a senior I need more protein wow that's marketing isn't it that's not science yeah I mean we only need what 0.8 um, of 0.8 of our kilograms in uh, protein um, just to be okay. So, so let's say uh, 70 kilograms uh, times what, 2.2, so, so 160 pound individual close to me. So what we're saying is, is 0.8 uh, times 70. So 56, I think, right? Yeah, so yeah. about 56. And it's interesting because there was a study with Dr. Walter Kempner of Duke mm -hmm. University, and he put people who had kidney disorders, they had to bring their protein way down, they had diabetes, they mm -hmm. had heart disease, but he got it down to about 20 grams 
grams of protein a day. And he found out over the entire year, as these people reduced over 100, they were obese, so 147 pounds on average per person, that they were in positive nitrogen balance on only 20 grams of protein a day. Oh, wow. That's, that's very little, but yeah, it's, that's amazing. I, you know, when I'm, when I'm training, um, and I love weightlifting for myself. It's just just something I really enjoy. Um, I find that my best performance comes about when I'm eating uh, more potatoes, more fruit, uh, vegetables, which are really uh, relatively on the lower spectrum of, of the protein uh, intake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to eat animal products to bulk up, to get strong or anything. You can just get it from your plants. Yeah, I mean, what's it? Eight hundred pound gorilla got it all from yeah. uh, from plant based foods, yeah. and, and people that they they'll ignore that information because they always point to Osborne and Mendel, the original studies on rats, where they fed rats uh, and they put them in individual cages. It, well, that group of rats was given eggs, that group given meat, that given cheese, those were given potatoes mm -hmm. and rice, and they measured their growth weight rate, and they called a PER protein efficiency ratio. And even to this day, textbooks reference that. Study Study on rats, which is unfair because rats are carnivores. They mm -hmm. need a higher concentration of, of, of protein mm -hmm. than humans. They even did a study, believe it, uh, believe it or not, Doctor uh, uh, Micah Yee, and that was that they they gave human breast milk, which is actually very low in protein mm -hmm. relative to, to rats milk. Rats mm -hmm. milk is like twenty six percent protein. Human milk is like what four percent, five percent protein, and the rats given human breast milk did not thrive or grow. But we all know children in third world countries sometimes they're breastfed one year, two years, and longer, right? Yeah, and they're getting all the protein they need to reach full size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, these third world countries people are thriving. They're okay. Not everyone can afford cow's milk. You don't need cow's milk, so you, like we don't really need cow's milk to thrive. So it's it's all like a marketing ploy. Yeah, I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger in one of his early bodybuilding books said. Uh, uh, milk is for babies. You know, he said that, and he himself, in, in his early days, abstained from from dairy product because he, he just felt you know it wasn't necessary, it wasn't good. Uh, but then he he went ahead and ate obviously a lot of animal product. Mm -hmm. But I know uh, recently he's gone about eighty percent plant based and uh, doing his best to you know to to adhere to a whole food plant based. Yeah, isn't that diet. amazing? Schwarzenegger is now more plant based. You would never imagine that. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I, I think they still cling to that, well, you know, I'm with my friends, I'm going to eat some meat, but then, you know, his best friend, Franco Colombo, tragically died of a, a heart attack uh, when he was out swimming in the ocean. And, you, you know, you think about it, the number one killer in our country is what? Heart disease. Right. Yeah. And then number two is, is right in there, what, uh, close to, what, cancer possibly? Cancer or strokes, I know, one of those. Yeah, yeah. stroke, hypertension, yeah. and then yeah. somewhere down diabetes. the list would be cancer and mm -hmm. diabetes. But autoimmune diseases, isn't that one of the biggest causes of um, disability Morbidity. in our country? Yeah, I mean, I've seen patients with autoimmune disease that are living for a long time, but a lot of them, sometimes they're a lot of joint pain, some of them are wheelchairs. Um, we're doing much better than we were before. We have new medications now, biologics, but still, like, you can still die from these diseases. I see patients, they go from specialist to specialist, no one can figure them out, and they end up in the hospital, and I see them, and then they're in a coma, they're coughing up blood, they're in the ICU intubator because there's so much blood is coming out, or 
um, brain bleed or something like that or from a heart attack or you can get heart attacks from autoimmune diseases it's very possible wow. and uh, unfortunately it is one of the um, biggest issues for morbidity um, patients are living they can live for a long time but you're living a lot of pain uh, a lot of suffering with these autoimmune diseases sometimes these diseases don't kill you but in the long run they're very painful yeah <laughs> a lot yeah. of suffering a lot of suffering and, and I think when we're talking about quality of life and as we age, I mean, there's this kind of belief that we're going to end up in a wheelchair and dis disabled, or, which is really a challenge because, you know, we, those of us who like the idea of living a long, healthy life, uh, being dependent on mm -hmm. others to be taken mm -hmm. care of is, is just the worst you can imagine. I used to work in physical therapy. Uh, I, I, when I was at USC, I uh, was accepted into the uh, graduate program at, at uh, USC Rancho Los Amigos. So I worked with a lot of arthritic patients, a lot of uh, degenerative joint uh, issues. Mm -hmm. And so um, there was even uh, situations where individuals where uh, they developed gangrenous limbs and they had to have their limbs amputated. And I was like, oh, it's just, and then I would see the hospital food. Yeah, it's right. Like, that's just feeding the flame. It's like you know what, what what's going on with 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 our thinking. Right. And and so I think we have to go uh, higher up. I mean, I know there's food lobbyists, and the meat and dairy industry has a lot mm -hmm. of lobbyists. They may even influence the nature of clinical studies mm -hmm. that are reported. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's very possible. And you know, I, I going back to your um, the disability. I think I was one of those people, the patients that thought he was going to be in a wheelchair by 40 or using a cane by 35. But luckily I found whole food plant-based nutrition that has really helped me that I don't need um, to be in a wheelchair or a cane by the, the 30s. Yeah. So one of the things that we look at is, is what we call the seven pillars of health. Mm -hmm. And without exception, we look at every which way to encourage and guide people to get on a whole plant-based, uh, sugar-free, oil-free diet. Mm -hmm. Is oil-free important, truly, for the, uh, the joints? And in what role does it play? Yeah, so I mean, it depends on um, how strong the autoimmune disease is. I've seen patients that are not oil-free, that are doing okay, but there, you have the group of people that really have to be oil free just even a little bit of oil really will set them back a little bit so um, it depends on the person itself but in general I would say uh, stay away from oil is really important because oil has omega-6 fatty acids in it and oh. yeah so omega-6 fatty acids are there. and you want omega-3 you want omega-3s exactly so you want your anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids um, so if you're a vegan then you get them from flax seeds chia seeds um, those you get what the, the, the omega-3s yeah but if you're not vegan then you get it from fish also and then um, the omega-6s are from your processed food from your refined oil oh. so that's why you want to stay away from your oil as much as you can even if you can tolerate a little bit you still want to stay away from it because you want to think about your heart disease and all these other issues but if you're going to stick with uh, um, oil then the best one probably is olive extra virgin olive oil if you're going to have to pick one um, but then it has a low smoke point too so that can be carcinogenic if you cook above that smoke point so dr michael you what one of the other things is that not so much just the omegas and i say just so i don't belittle it's a very very important mm -hmm. concept but also mechanically nathan pritikin described that you could be on a plant-based diet but if you're taking in too many oils it coats the red blood cells and at the capillary level red blood cells get through one by one and if they're coated with fat they 
kind of stick and they can't get through the smallest capillary beds and then you have low oxygen at that uh, end point. And so if the joints don't get enough oxygen, he described studies where uh, the immune system flared up, the white blood cells starting to be breaking apart because they weren't getting enough oxygen. And he said that might be the other reason why uh, the, the oils themselves would cause what's called rouleau, mm -hmm. uh, which is French for stack of coins, clumping mm -hmm. the blood yeah. together, right? So high triglycerides, not just after fasting, because people can go in a fasting blood test and they've not eaten for eight hours or 10 hours and their blood triglycerides are gonna be lower, it's gonna appear things, but we like to check them postprandial. What do you think about that? Checking them after a, two, a few hours after eating, see what's really no, going I, no, on. I would love to see those the other studies out there like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I yeah. would love to look at it because I'm not aware of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, like I said, I, I have uh, my microscope and it was interesting that uh, because I was always searching for studies of this nature, but there was a classic study uh, with the uh, by Dr. Meyer Friedemann, mm -hmm. and he wrote the book Type A, Type B Personality. But he uh, took firemen, young, healthy firemen, and he measured their blood flow where he could take a microscope right to the capillaries of the eye. Mm -hmm. And he then had them drink, uh, uh, in one case, a glass of heavy cream, in another case, a, a glass of uh, vegetable oil. And you could do it with olive oil as well. I actually did it in a study uh, that uh, Chef AJ saw, and that's how she found out about me. And it was titled, How to Become Diabetic in Six Hours. Oh, that's a good And title. so what I did was I had my baseline from eating rice, fruits, vegetables, and I, you know, I wasn't even fasting. I checked my blood, my triglycerides were 45, my lipids were good, everything was good. And then it, it, you watch me drink a glass of, of olive oil. Mm -hmm. and, and then you see my triglycerides double, then under the microscope, you see the fat rolling into the blood and the cells sticking together. Wow. And then within about four to six hours, then I piled on some cheese, some other things just to show the effect, you know, because most people do eat, you know, uh, cheese and, and meat and that kind of stuff. And within six hours, my uh, triglycerides went up to over three, 400. My glucose went over 130. Oh, wow. So I was testing diabetic. I induced diabetes within six hours in a, in a healthy individual. Wow. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. I, I mean, that title itself is so captivating. How to induce diabetes in six hours? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's kind of like when I was a kid, there was a show called Mr. Wizard, and he would do these experiments, and I was always fascinated by science. I'm not sure what captivated you, but. I like to recreate experiments so people can see it because seeing is believing. You know, when, when, when you tell someone, hey, you know, I, 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 diet has an effect, mm -hmm. they don't see it yeah. until they actually see it and they go, oh, wow, look at my blood, it's yeah. clumping together. And then look at my triglycerides. And then we do a stat, quick triglyceride, cholesterol, HDL, LDL, and glucose, mm -hmm. and we show them their level after eating things they normally eat. Mm -hmm. And then compare them to eating plant-based oil-free, sugar-free, and their levels improved within about nine days. And I published a study. Well, I believe that. I published a study with Tony Robbins mm -hmm. uh, measuring a thousand people. And uh, that's one of the ways I uh, submitted my PhD thesis and I put it in one of my books. Oh, wow, that, that's amazing. No, that, that, that's, that just tells you the power of whole food plant-based diet being sugar-free, oil-free. It really makes a big effect. Now exercise, mm -hmm. I remember reading one textbook and it was talking about how exercise is something that an arthritic, arthritic patient or someone with autoimmune disease can benefit from. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how can they fit in exercise and is there any clinical studies that indicate that exercise can play a role in, in their recovery? Oh yeah, so um, exercise, I think that's one of the pillars that I use um, to help my patients, not only diet, but exercise is the next one. And um, any type of exercise, whether you're doing 
yoga, tai chi, qigong, or running, weightlifting, anything can be very beneficial because some patients can't even get out of the house because um, they're so yeah. disabled. So I tell them, just stretch, do something. You got to work a little bit at a time. And there's studies, Tai Chi is part of our um, guidelines in American College of Rheumatology for osteoarthritis. Oh. So Tai Chi is one of the um, things we use to help patients with osteoarthritis. And just basic physical therapy can help as well for patients with dermatomyositis, which is an autoimmune disease attack on the muscles where patients get so weak they can't even lift their arms, they can't walk. Um, on the recovery, physical therapy is one of the main um, exercises to help patients get better. Pr prior, like maybe 20, 30 years ago, they thought exercise was inflammatory. You need to oh. don't use it, but then research started to say, no, patients have to exercise. So I tell my patients to exercise as much as they can and up to their tolerance. And studies have shown that exercise induces interleukin-6 from muscles. So interleukin-6 from muscles is actually anti-inflammatory because interleukin-6 is generally known to be pro-inflammatory. Um, so we have medications in rheumatology that block interleukin-6, um, such as Actemra or Kevsara, but studies have shown, such as in the journal Nature, have shown that interleukin-6 when it comes to muscles is actually anti-inflammatory. It has an opposite effect. Uh, it's known as the myokine. Oh, wow, that's fantastic information. What about detoxification? It's another one of our pillars of health. Would that help with a, a far infrared spa, uh, you know, mm -hmm. perspiring, mm -hmm. uh, making sure they get in enough fiber to detox, uh, getting enough uh, fresh fluids, cold pressed juices. What, what is your thoughts on detoxification and what herbs like turmeric, does that play a role? Yeah, turmeric um, is great for detoxification also. Um, Brussels sprouts, um, broccoli, broccoli sprouts, these are all very good. And um, going to spa, just perspiring, even whether you're going to spa or you're exercising, can be so beneficial in the detoxification um, phase one, phase two phase. Okay, and then when we're looking at the intervention of hormonal balance, some people have looked at the science about cortisol. Mm -hmm. uh, have you looked at adrenal function? I haven't looked too much at adrenal function, <coughs> but Hormones do definitely plays a role um, in autoimmune disease because we know across many uh, rheumatologic conditions that autoimmune disease affects women more than men, such as lupus. You have a nine to one ratio for men versus, I mean, women versus men. So 90% of women get lupus versus 10% of men. So um, it's, it, so there is, um, there is some science there that we haven't really touched upon, or well, at least in the rheumatology world that we're still investigating. But I don't know if you've come across anything. Well, uh, I was looking at uh, the incidence of, of arthritis and the ability of the adrenal glands to release uh, cortisol. And cortisol uh, has kind of a, an ability to calm down inflammation to mm -hmm. a large degree, particularly mm -hmm. um, it's been shown to enhance the immune system as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, we notice that when we restore adrenal function with echinacea and um, garlic and, and various uh, herbs and supplements, um, it, it really does seem to play a role oh, in, wow. in, in uh, improving their, their outcome and uh, reaching a pain-free life. I think that, uh, you know, when, when I've studied the, the evidence about hormone and hormonal balance, mm -hmm. um, the diet affects hormones, of course, uh, and, and we, we look at this, but supplements in the right things like turmeric, and you were mentioning, uh, there's some good information about turmeric really calming things down and improving uh, the joint health, right? Oh, yeah. There's there's over six, 7,000 studies on turmeric if you just look on PubMed. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. It, 
I mean, you can see um, many different psoriatic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. There's all these studies out there, and um, it increased it downregulates a lot of the inflammatory cytokines, tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin six, interleukin one. Um, there's it, it's very common. It's one of the best um, herb supplements I like out there, and it's so readily available in your grocery store. Right. Yeah, and we, we use it um, not only encouraging the, the actual plant, the herb, and so forth, but in, in a supplement to, we call it like liver excel. We accelerate the liver's ability to detoxify, mm -hmm. and we see some really good results. And then the, the nature of, of sleep and the importance of circadian rhythms, do you think that plays a role in the immune system and health? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, I have so many patients that if they don't sleep right, they are going to flare sometimes in the morning and they feel oh. worse. Um, there's their immune system, there is a circadian rhythm there. Your um, cytokines do get released at certain times throughout the night. And if you don't sleep, um, you're blunting that effect or you're delaying that effect of the inflammatory cytokine that gets supposed to get delayed. I mean, that's supposed to get released at a certain point of the night. So um, definitely, I don't know what kind of research have you come across with the circadian rhythm. Yeah, you, you know, Dr. Michael, you, I think the, the thing that we see is that it, it definitely affects uh, the cascade of hormones and the ability to, to kind of recover and repair, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, and what I'd like to do is to introduce you to um, live blood microscopy, something I've been passionate about for about 44 years. I have a microscope over there. Okay. We can take a break and I can show you some of my clients of what we've seen. And uh, I'm just curious, what are the most common questions that you get asked in, in this whole field? And uh, are, are there examples that you have where patients have been able to wean off of uh, the autoimmune drugs and, mm -hmm. and really mm -hmm. kind of live a normal life? I think your case is a great example, but you're also finding other patients that are attracted to you. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming you have a website and everything. Yeah, about yeah. It. So, um, no, definitely. I, there, there's one of the most common questions is, do I have to take these medications my whole life? Um, is there is there an alternative way? What kind of food should I eat? Um, so these are all questions that patients always ask me. So I tell them it really depends on the situation whether you need to be on these medications your whole life or not. Um, we definitely need to. It's not only about anti-inflammatory diet or a whole food plant based diet. It's about anti-inflammatory lifestyle. You gotta look at your exercise, sleep, stress is a huge issue. Trauma, childhood trauma, wow. um, adult trauma plays a role in these autoimmune diseases. So if you're not seeing a psychologist not getting therapy for this, and you're not recognizing that this is an issue, uh, then you're, you might not be able to potentially get off medications, or and that's another piece of the puzzle, environmental toxins, um, your diet, like we said. So all the, your, how you, were you born, C-section evangelate, did you use a lot of antibiotics when you grew growing up? Oh, uh, huge, yeah, right? Yeah, huge, and then um, your gut microbiome, like uh, gut dysbiosis, and also uh, what's your relationship with your husband, your spouse, your family members, is it stressful? Do you have financial stress in your life? Um, so all these play a role here. Um, so that's that's some of the things that I talk to my patients about. And um, yeah, I am a living testimony that you don't need medications. I do take medications every now and then, but for my spinal arthritis, you typically you go on biologics or medications um, like methotrexate, leflunomide, sulfasalazine. I don't take these medications. Wow. Um, when, I, when I'm stressed, when I do work overnight, sometimes in the hospital, maybe I get pain, one out of 10 pain, but nothing like it was before where I couldn't open my jaw for weeks or where I couldn't eat. Nothing like that at all. So um, I do have a website. It's uh, www.drlifestyle.org. I do have a clinic out in Newport Beach, about five minutes from this 
uh, where we're producing this uh, video right now. And I'm in a clinic with my wife, who's a family medicine doctor, plant-based family medicine doctor as well. And I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook as uh, my autoimmune MD. That's my handle. Wow, my autoimmune MD. Yeah, I love it. You know. I'm so glad you brought up stress and the issues around it because one of our pillars to health is we uh, do what we call neuro reprogramming, NRP. Mm -hmm. And so we find that people, as you mentioned, sometimes they have difficulty sleeping or they think about these things and it, it causes their mind to just, just be so filled with anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've created these programs. We have one program that's a nine hour program and right when they go getting ready to go to bed, we they, they play it and they listen to this special music that mm -hmm. matches the brain waves of first uh, alpha to theta to, to delta. And delta's a deep phase of sleep. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, some soothing words that bypass critical thinking. It's kind of like meditation, but a deeper level. And we just find people sleep so much better. And also the directives in the, this, the information help people to kind of cope better with issues about how should they be selecting the right foods? What, what should they be doing within their relationships and their career? So as they listen to these programs that we make them available every week in our coaching program, mm -hmm. the people, it's just interesting, but when you start relieving the stress, like you said, a lot of times I think there are such a thing as stressful eaters or closet eaters oh, yeah. or people who just sabotage themselves. They don't do their exercise or they're overworked mm -hmm. and they're doing things that really in the long run are not gonna be conducive to mm -hmm. their wellness. Uh, the worst is, you know, they, they ignore the directives of what they need to do. And the biggest problem I see, uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Yu, is that people make resolutions, they make commitments, but then 99% don't follow it because the subconscious mind keeps taking in all these advertising, marketing, oh, yeah. and impressions, and other good meaning family members. Right. And so we help them with this programming, and it's just the astonishing, you switch it from a, you know, a failure rate that's almost beyond belief to you know a 75 80 90 percent success rate just by letting the process listening to these tapes every day oh yeah no that that's so powerful you need a coach to get through this if you're new to this or if you're trying to get back into it a lot of people it's about the daily habits okay it's about what you do every day consistency it's not about what you do for 30 days and the next 30 days you're off track that's the yo-yo diet that's a yo lifestyle that's not the way to do it because you're you're going you might be doing an anti-inflammatory lifestyle for the 30 days but the next 30 days you're going back to a pro-inflammatory lifestyle and you're back to square one again that's why a coaching program like yours can be so helpful and dr you you being a practitioner and a physician it's you're a rarity to be in your specialty mm -hmm. and yet embracing these pillars of health it's, it's mm -hmm. just so exciting to know this that you're in my backyard <laughs> and i found you i'm yeah. like wow this is great We're, you're right here and you know the problem is some patients come to us and they're on these medications. They say, what do I do about these meds? Because my doctor wants them on. I said, well, look, I can't give you advice about your medications, but let's let the lifestyle proceed. Let's see how you do with it. Uh, but it really is important to sometimes adjust these medications properly and not just suddenly go off them, right? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Some of these medications, you're gonna have a withdrawal effect if you stop them right away. So it's really important to find a doctor that can adjust your medication, and especially a doctor that understands what you're doing in your coaching program that aligns with you so that we can adjust 
you go keep going to your coaching program, but adjust the medication at the same time. Right. And that's what we do in our clinic. We have patients that come to us that need adjustments. Uh, we put them on anti-inflammatory lifestyle, or we go through a coaching program like yours, and we start adjusting their medications. And then once they're doing better, they're off their medications, then we keep helping them stick to that. And so that throughout their lifetime, they don't potentially don't need to go back to these medications. Because some medications, it's always, medications have, there's use for it. There's a place for medications, but at the same time, Medications have side effects. And some people, it's Russian roulette. Like, you don't know whether you're going to be that patient that gets cancer as a side effect from that medication. You just never know. Everyone's a little bit different. And I think having myself worked in the field with physical therapy and seeing people going through rehab after, for example, surgery, and most of these people have been on medications, so the outcome for them is dismal over the long haul if they don't address the cause of the problem. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can go to physical therapy all you want. You can, you can take all the meds you want, but if you're not addressing the root cause, which is the lifestyle and then you're always going to go back to square one so that's why it's all about consistent daily habits so I tell my patients all the time right and and so that that being said uh, dr. Michael you with, with your expertise and your knowledge and your guidance and your enthusiasm I think there's a, a, a place where you know sometimes people need that added like guidance and coaching and certainly they need that medical intervention because they're really challenged with the confusion about what the general medical community is advising mm -hmm. and it's kind of shocking to even a doctor to find out wow um, you can actually help these patients and and, and bring them to a, a more normalized life yeah yeah that's that's what I was surprised at. but um, I got to this point because of my own journey of my own health if I didn't have this I, I probably wouldn't have explored it so um, it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of the medical we simply don't even if we knew about it the way the healthcare system works is that we don't have time to tell patients, oh, you need to work on your sleep, your exercise, how about your trauma, you need to work on that. Like you, when you go to a doctor's office, you have 15 minutes. You're, you tell your patient your symptoms, you get your meds, you get your side effects, and then you go home. And that's it. That's where a coaching program like yours comes in that can be so helpful for patients that can guide them through this. Um, but because I'm trained, because I understand how big an effect lifestyle is and how big an effect a diet is sleep and all these things are I've I got out of the system that's why my own clinic so I can spend time that one hour the hour and a half with my patients to teach them half my visit is counseling education telling them all right you're gonna go on these meds because you have to but our goal is to get you off these medications as quickly as possible as safely as possible and I have so many patients I want to refer to. It's really exciting because we're opening up a program because our coaching program is, is simply at nickdelgado.com forward slash coaching. And then we have what's called a coaching eligibility where they just go to nickdelgado.com and they answer a series of few questions. And what I find is that the challenge comes up when, you know, people are told, look, you know, they go first opinion, second opinion, you need surgery, third opinion, you need surgery. Well, they've gone to three surgeons. Yeah. So when you look at that, what's the likelihood of maybe having an option to the, the knee surgery, the hip surgery, the shoulder surgery? I mean, there's a lot of, even back surgery, right? There's all these surgeries. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, surgeries, I, I always tell my patients, like, cause I deal with the joints, right? So my patients tell me, oh, I, I'm my surgeon offer, of course, surgery. That's, the, that's one of the things they do. I'm like, well, you know, surgery is like a flip of a coin sometimes. You don't know what's gonna be the outcome. I have patients who 
get back surgery, get knee surgery, and they actually do worse. Worse. But of course, you have patients that actually do better, but how long are they going to stay better? That's the question. If, if you don't under, address the underlying issue of inflammation, then if, if you get a knee surgery, you might be back to, back to square one in five years. So it's really important to optimize the lifestyle also if you get surgery. And orthopedic doctors often tell me when they put in a, an artificial joint, mm -hmm. it really has a life of about 10 years. And so you're looking at, you're going to have to have another surgery, really? Yeah. So I think that, you know, and people underestimate how long it really takes to recover. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's an ordeal. Imagine that same period of time, they could be learning lifestyle habits. And it, it, it'll take a good six weeks or more. To, it takes to a really, lot of effort. Right? Yeah, yeah, it, it takes a, it, I mean, it's, you're, you're from a person that's eating a standard American diet and living a standard American lifestyle and to really transitioning to this new lifestyle, it takes a lot of work and it's really hard. It takes a whole family to really motivate somebody. You just can't, if, you're, if you have a husband and kids that don't agree with what you're doing, that's really hard. That's, that's where a coaching program really comes in and helps. Have you looked at some of the information about nitric oxide and improved vasodilation and circulation with, say, organic beets? We have a product that has organic beets yeah. is the reason I ask. But I've seen people re improve remarkably because their circulation improves. And certainly that's a good thing for cardiovascular disease as well, right? Oh, yeah, to definitely. help to reverse. Mm -hmm. I, I have not looked into the data, honestly. It, there's just so much data. I've heard of nitric oxide, how it can be very beneficial to the cardiovascular system. But there's just so much um, data and reading in the autoimmune field that it's, it can't even get to that point yet. Yeah, well, I, I think that if maybe years ago before you knew about this, there would have been a place where you'd say, well, there's no option for you. You know, those surgeons are saying that's what you have to do and the internists are saying that's what you have to do. But now that you've experienced it and actually seen it and, and uh, re reviewed through the medical literature, uh, I think there's this not only hope, there's confidence at a high level mm -hmm. that we can kind of get to the cause of the problem. Give me kind of a list of the degenerative conditions by systems that might very well improve by this whole lifestyle approach. Yeah, so um, for rheumatologic, um, it'll be lupus, it can get better, rheumatoid arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, um, dermatomyositis can potentially get better, osteoarthritis as well, psoriatic arthritis definitely, um, that's just rheumatologic. Neurologic, you have your multiple sclerosis, peripheral neuropathy. Um, those are just some of them. And we talk about endocrine, diabetes, thyroid issues can get better as well. Cardiovascular heart, heart disease, um, hypertension, strokes can get better as well. Uh, and we just scratched the surface here. There's so many conditions that can get better just from food. I think all across all spectrum, uh, food will impact every single disease out there um, to what degree depends on your genetics and the rest of your lifestyle but definitely there is a potential um, beneficial effect to a whole food plant-based diet. We, we also do as one of our pillars of health what's called advanced therapeutics. Mm -hmm. So we've looked at using cord blood stem cells for uh, the recovery of joint injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I suffered a very serious injury in my calf. I was 
I tore my muscle and another time I tore my bicep and I, I hurt my back and you know it was interesting that you know because as a competitive athlete I compete in world strength endurance competitions believe it or not and so as I'm lifting these dumbbells you know sometimes it is an extreme athlete injuries happen mm -hmm. but I also found that uh, looking to the possibility that releasing your own body stem cells uh, using medicinal mushrooms of various types mm. uh, I'm not sure if you looked at uh, activated barley like the uh, Roman gladiators used to use uh, before they went to battle they literally used uh, what's called activated barley and uh, it, it's been shown to uh, increase the production of stem cells we've seen these medicinal mushrooms increase the production of stem cells so we made a product wow. stem cell enhancer yeah and it's like really amazing and then you know so have you looked at some of these things and also hyperbaric oxygen how and I use what's called an altitude conditioner CVAC cyclic variations variations and adaptive conditioning so it takes you at high altitude and drops very rapidly so these things tend to stimulate the recovery uh, mm -hmm. process yeah I, I've heard of it I haven't looked to look the PRP definitely can help um, uh, stem cell and also um, hyperbaric oxygen. I've heard of all of them. I just haven't looked at the literature yet. I, I'm surprised about the medicinal mushrooms. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know mushrooms can be very beneficial, but I didn't realize that they can stimulate its own uh, stem cells. Yeah, I, I know one of my colleagues, doc, Dr. Robert Young, he's not really big on mushrooms, but Dr. Joel Furman uses it as part of his acronym. He calls it G-BOMB, you know, for cancer mm -hmm. and immune conditions. So, you know, the greens, uh, the... Um, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds, you know, mm. that, that combination mm. of high nutrient density foods, right? Mm. Yeah, no, th all those foods are very, very beneficial. So with that in mind, then looking at the future of medicine and health, um, we're going to take a short break and transition upstairs. We're going to, I'm going to show you that microscopy if you're interested. Okay. We'll entertain some questions from the audience because I know questions have come in and my staff will give me the list of questions that have come in. Okay. And again, your handle on social media is? My Autoimmune MD. And it's the, the website's coming out in a week, myautoimmunemd.com. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great. My Autoimmune MD. MD.com? Dot com. You got that? I got that. Yeah. Good job, man. I know. Surprise. Wow, that's exciting. Dr. Nick Delgado here. Be strong, be well. And I'm with Dr. Micah Yu, who's here to tell you there is a better way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. Do you have a plan to achieve your ideal weight? increase your energy and look and feel better than you ever have now's your opportunity it's open enrollment so please apply for coaching at seven the number seven pillars p-i-l-l-a-r-s coaching.com please join us we're excited to guide you on your journey to ideal health i believe this program is the best in the world and we are equipped to help you to improve your energy to help you to have that focus and the peak performance you'll need to improve in your career with your relationships and of course improve your health and take it to the next level looking forward please share this episode and comment it means a lot to me thank you very much